Welcome to the Settle Cane Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, broadcasting from the Aorta of America, beautiful festival city, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where we pump out reason and pierce through the propaganda. Here we go. Today is Sunday, April 9th, 2023. Happy Easter. Christians all over the world celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on this most sacred of holidays. The message of the gospel is simple, but the mystery of the incarnation of a God and his subsequent ministry, crucifixion, and resurrection is ineffable. I don't know if you are a Christ follower. Maybe it seems like fantastical, wishful thinking, or antiquated mythology to you. Maybe people calling themselves Christians have treated you poorly or hurt you. Maybe you've seen too much hypocrisy from people in a church and you've been turned off by self-righteousness. I understand all that. I do. Christianity has been presented by so many as a group of people who believe that they are better than everyone else. That couldn't be further from the truth. That couldn't be further from the message of the cross. The truth is that we were all broken and we have all fallen short. The true message is one of hope. It's not hope in our own ability to live perfect lives. Hope in the fact that we know we are incapable of doing so, but that God wants a relationship with us. And regardless of that fact, so much so that he humbled himself and became a servant of his own creation in order to fulfill the promise that he made to redeem us and reconcile us to himself. We have a personal God who wants a personal relationship with us. No other religion or belief system is based on grace. I hope that your life is full of grace and that when you see things going sideways all around us as they are, that you can also take comfort in the hope of eternity. For the skeptics in the crowd, know that you're not forgotten by God. He sees the reasons that you don't believe, and if you seek him, He will reveal himself to you. Of that I have no doubt. I know that that I believe because I choose to believe. And, And because I've made that choice, I've seen what that belief has done in my life. It hasn't made me better than you. It's redeemed me. It hasn't stopped me from falling on my face, that's for sure. It has given me a life of purpose that I didn't have before. And I want that for everyone, for all of you. That's not to say that my life is all roses and sunshine. On the contrary, There's great enmity between believers and the world, and there's great enmity between our flesh and our spirit. I can tell you this, whatever life throws at me, whatever schemes of man may hinder my course, whatever ailments I have endured, they all fall away, and God gives me the strength to carry on, and I do want that for you. And with that in mind, I begin episode 48 of the Subtle Cane Podcast. Just can't get enough. If this is your first time with the Subtle Cane Podcast, thank you for gracing us with your virtual presence. If you're a returning listener, thank you for your continued support. It is much appreciated. The schemes of man are many. I know that my country, the U.S., is experiencing quite a bit of political turmoil at the moment. I know that the rest of the world all has their own national challenges, and and there are globalist leaders who have made great strides toward their goal of complete control over our lives. That's really not an understatement. And that's no small thing. 
That's why I wanted to start this episode with a message of hope. Not hoping a political candidate or some grassroots movement that can be easily compromised by subversive tactics or insincere activists. Hoping something transcendent and pure. That doesn't mean we should stare off into the sky and await salvation from our earthly sorrows uh, on a day-to-day basis. We, we still have to live our lives, and the hope I'm speaking about is a hope in eternity. While we're here, we might as well roll up our sleeves and try to make a difference, right? We all have something to offer, all of us. We all know ways we can help people in our lives. And, and we're compelled to do that. James 2, 15 through 16 says this, quote, If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm and filled, without the things needed for the body, what good is that? James is talking about how faith without works is pointless. Just as pointless as telling someone to have a nice day when they're obviously suffering. I know that we all have good intentions. Not only good intentions, but we all pretty much want to see the world a better place. We have to do more than just want it, though. We don't want people to suffer. Uh, How many of us are actively looking for ways to help others in our lives? It's an honest question. I could be doing much more as well. No soapbox here. Just, Just a call for less talk and more action, says the guy talking, right? I know. But like I said, I'm, I'm no better. Um, but there's more to think about than just hunger and warmth. There's all those schemes of man that we need to be on the lookout for as well. And I wonder, how much can the people of the world take? How, mu- how long will they sit idly by as those in power steal, lie, and destroy? I don't wonder these things in anticipation of some revolution. On the contrary, I just kind of wonder them in sadness and circumspection, but not helplessness. It will be obvious to most who haven't buried their heads in the sand or been caught up in the net of propaganda spread by the mainstream media and big tech companies that, I mean, we really are on the verge of of some very serious changes to the way we live our lives. And I'm not talking about climate change or pandemics. I'm not talking about Republicans and Democrats. I'm talking about the intentional fomenting of a vitriol between everyday average individuals. Talking about the acceleration and escalation of tensions between people of all races and creeds, usually carried out by Machiavellians in polished shoes and pantsuits. They sit in their ivory towers, they sow discord from on high, and they're unaffected mainly by their social experimentation. We the people, that concept we have, is almost just become an antiquated notion that's sort of lost all semblance of its intended meaning. And this doesn't just pertain to the United States either. The world is moving toward the so-called Great Reset at an alarming rate. We're told in plain language that this was happening, but all that many people seem to care about is, is what's trending. We're so buried in the avalanche of current events that yesterday's news may as well be ancient history. If you think about it, how many things can you remember about the information you've consumed in the last 24 hours even? If you're old enough, maybe you can even remember what life was like before the internet. You had to go to the library to look something up that you didn't know, or ask a trusted source like parents or a teacher. You maybe caught a glimpse of the nightly news after supper with your family, or you called your friends at home and they were out, and, well, you just had to wait and catch up with them later. Sure, you might have disagreed about who to vote for or uh, an upcoming election, but your relationships weren't necessarily 
torn asunder by politics as, as many of them are now, you might've argued over a couple of beers or something. And, and then, but then it was business as usual. You just went about your life and I'm just as susceptible as the next guy to nostalgia. And those fond reminiscences are good for the soul, but practically speaking, there's really no going back. Those days are over. We live in an age of information overload. What is the cumulative effect of being perpetually torn from the moment by technology? Well, we don't know yet. There aren't many people who are even willing to look at the question too closely. Think about it. Because we're addicted to our technology, and the last thing an addict wants to do is admit they have a problem. That's because admitting you have a problem is the first step toward recovery. And because that acknowledgement, that acknowledgement compels us to action. If we deny that action, once we recognize that we have a problem, well, then we tend to fall into sort of an abject despair at our own cowardice to face the obstacles before us. This is why people hit rock bottom. It isn't necessarily that they don't know that they have a problem. Yeah, they realize that they do, and they foolishly dig in their heels, eventually spinning out of control. Their pride denies the problem on the surface while the shame of their inability to act erodes the very foundation of their souls. It's a terrible thing to go through. Take that from somebody who knows what that looks like from the inside out. We're like a population of drunks, and we're all living in a bar. We're junkies at a flop house, and there's no way out. It's Hotel California, man. You can check out anytime you like, but you just can't leave. Information is our drug, and we just can't get enough. There are lots of things that are out of our control. Let's be honest. We're not going to throw away our phones and start a commune, are we? Are we? I mean, if you want to. Seriously, though, we have to accept the fact that technology is way too accessible, and it's an all-you-can-eat buffet, 24 hours a day. The whole world is Las Vegas, baby, and there ain't no pulling the plug for most of us. We're tuned in, tuned up, and too invested in the machine to tune out. So what do we do? What do we do now? That's not an answer that I can give you. All I can offer is the question and the premise beneath it. It's not a question that I've even found a definitive answer for myself. Short break here. Now, I took some time off from writing and podcasting. A little bit. I'd like to say that I was in some kind of a Zen state and I've returned to you highly enlightened. Not so much. But I did spend more time with my wife. I I took a vacation hiked in some mountains, started reading my Bible more. Yeah, it's been refreshing. It has. I hope you'll forgive the break between episodes. I know it's been like a month, Um, but I wanted to bring something up. It's kind of an awkward topic for me. The Subtle Cane podcast operates on the value for value model. That means I don't get paid to do this. In fact, I, I pay to do this. Why would I do that? Not from any business savvy, I can tell you that. I do it this way because I don't want to sell your valuable time to advertising. I don't think that's fair to you. I'm not a big fan of advertising in the way, the way it is. In fact, I can't stand commercials. That's why there's no ads. No ads. Now, I haven't received any donations for some time now. I'm just saying. I'm looking into some ways to make it easier to donate um, for those of you that want to. And, and I know that you're generous people. I do. Right now, I have PayPal and Venmo accounts set up, and I'm looking into Give, Send, Go. I have to talk to um, Andrew Hoffman of Revelations Radio News about that. I, I like the platform, and I, and I see that they utilize that, and I think that's a 
a good idea. I just got to make sure that I understand how that all works. So I'm asking for your time, your talent, and your treasure. So your time is valued, and I always, always appreciate every last one of you who shares theirs with me. I really do. Talent is definitely something I, I accept as well. Um, the Subtle Cane Podcast logo, for instance, was created by an artist friend of mine. Thanks, Mike. You're awesome. I also have a loyal producer in Houston that not only helps me with show notes, but has spent hours uh, assisting me with my series of articles on Substack, Grim World, uh, where I break down beloved fairy tales and add my own interpretations. She desires to remain anonymous, but hey, you know who you are out there, and uh, you are a star producer. So thank you. Hats off to you, my friend. Please, I know you are all generous people at heart. I know that. I know that if I don't ask, uh, then I'm not going to receive. Makes sense. I'm asking. It doesn't matter what um, what the amount is. Um, really, honestly, any amount is fine. One of the main reasons why I'm asking is because it, it really shows me that the work I'm doing matters to you. And, and think about it. Just think about it. If you feel so compelled, please consider contributing. Okay, good talk. So I started with Easter, talked about how we need to be involved in the lives of those around us and how words aren't enough. Actions speak louder than words. You've heard that said before. There have been some major developments over the last few years in the globalist agenda, and and we're so overloaded with information that we can hardly keep track of what happened today. If there isn't some virus floating around, there's a sex scandal to worry about, or a president being arraigned, or... There's trans activists shooting up schools and political hacks using every tragedy they can get their hands on to see how to further their own agendas. There's proxy wars and signs on bathroom doors. There's Twitter files and Chinese TikTok spies, uh, spy balloons. How can anyone not lose the thread? Goodness. It's fear porn. Lots and lots of fear porn. Now, fear is a powerful motivator. I love running, but I've had more than one person tell me that if I ever see them running, that it's only because something's chasing them. It's also one hell of a distraction. We sit in our homes in quiet desperation, in a state of anticipatory distress. We're like the man in Edgar Allan Poe's poem, The Pit and the Pendulum, where a condemned man is strapped to a plank and a a razor-sharp pendulum swings above him, slowly lowering with every pass. It's like Chinese water torture where a person is immobilized and goes mad, waiting for drops of water to land on their head. It's the anticipation of the drop that drives them mad, not the water itself. There's a message coming across the waves to us, through our computers, our TVs, and our phones. And that message is, you are helpless. You are powerless. People are out to get you. You can't trust anyone around you. Differences in opinion are always fueled by hatred. Truth is relative. The food you eat and the water you drink is poison. And the air is polluted. Germs are everywhere and you need chemicals to save you from nature, from other people, and even from yourself. There's wars and rumors of wars. Even the climate itself is turning against you and the very world is on the verge of catastrophic annihilation. And that's just a sample of one day's worth of information. I wonder why the general population is seeing a massive rise in anxiety and depression. Things that make you go, "Mm." Imagine if you woke up every day and someone just 
laced into you with a three-foot piece of heater hose before you went off to work or school. You'd pick yourself up off the floor, all battered and bruised, and you'd try to act like nothing happened when you got there. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Good, you'd respond through bleeding gums. What's new? Uh, nothing. Same old, same old, they'd say back to you, whistling through broken teeth. And, And this is what we do, psychologically speaking, isn't it? No wonder people have a hard time concentrating on their tasks. No wonder people feel isolated and alone. So how can we expect people to have a solutions-based mindset under these conditions? We have to be able to recognize that there are many, many things in our life that are out of our control. No amount of fretting and worrying will change them. We have to be able to triage. As a nurse, we're constantly reassessing priorities based on what is most medically urgent. We have to triage our lives. What is in our power to address in a meaningful way? We have to be willing to ask ourselves, what's important? What's most important? That's not to say that we shouldn't be aware of things, but being aware of something is not the same as being anxious about it. Maybe we need to slow down. It's hard. It's very hard. Quality over quantity is an important balance to maintain when it comes to information. Here's a term for you. Locus of control. An article in Psychology Today defines it like this. Quote, Locus of control refers to the degree to which an individual feels a sense of agency in regard to his or her life. Someone with an internal locus of control will believe that the things that happen to them are greatly influenced by their own abilities, actions, or mistakes. A person with an external locus of control will tend to feel that others will tend to feel that other forces such as random chance, environmental factors, or the actions of others are more responsible for the events that occur in the individual's life. End quote. Link in the show notes to that article. Which of these paradigms do you believe most accurately defines you? Which of them do you think makes us more susceptible to propaganda and the fear porn industry? Are we hopelessly lost at sea, helplessly being tossed on the waves and carried by the currents? Or are we at the helm of our ship, navigating an admittedly stormy sea? I'll let you answer that question for yourself. I choose to believe that I have the helm because I believe in free will and autonomy, and I refuse to allow others to define me. That being said, I know that the sea is rough, and I'm a poor captain. That's why I started this episode the way I did. Because even when the waves beat against the bow and the wind tears at my sails, I will always be able to see the lighthouse. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. For all you listening, you are valued, you are loved, and you are worthy. Happy Easter. God bless, and good night. There's no turning back once the fire's lit, let the embers glow and be done with it. I'm startled by my lack of fear as the world I love turns to ashes